You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadim Bible Reading Plan in Charles River Church. For more information on Limadim, visit lmd.church. Or for more information on Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Welcome to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast, where we read through the Bible in the chunks, or sections based on themes it was designed to be read in, so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name is Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today, we'll be reading 2 Samuel 1-1 through 4-12, 110 verses today. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from striking down the Amalekites, David remained two days in Ziklag. And on the third day, behold, a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. And when he came to David, he fell on the ground and paid homage. David said to him, Where do you come from? And he said to him, I've escaped from the camp of Israel. And David said to him, How did it go? Tell me. And he answered, The people fled from the battle, and also many of the people have fallen and are dead. And Saul and Jonathan, his son, are also dead. Then David said to the young man who told him, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? And the young man who told him said, By chance I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on a spear, and behold, the chariots and the horsemen were close upon him. When he looked behind him, he saw me and called to me, and I answered, Here I am. And he said to me, Who are you? I answered him, I'm an Amalekite. And he said to me, Stand beside me and kill me, for anguish has seized me, and yet my life still lingers. So I stood beside him and killed him, because I was sure that he could not live after he had fallen. And I took the crown that was on his head and the armlet that was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my Lord. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son, and for the people of the Lord, and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. And David said to the young man who told him, Where do you come from? And he answered, I'm the son of a sojourner in Amalekite. David said to him, How is it that you were not afraid to put out your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, Go execute him. And he struck him down so that he died. And David said to him, Your blood be on your head. For your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. And David lamented with this situation over Saul and Jonathan his son. And he said, It should be taught to the people of Judah. Behold, it's written in the book of Jasher. He said, Your glory, O Israel, is slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised exult. You mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, not anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. 
You daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain on your high places. I'm distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Your love was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen, and the weapons of war perished. After this, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, To which shall I go up? And he said, To Hebron. So David went up there, and his two wives also, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the, wife, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David brought up his men who were with him, everyone with his household, and they lived in the towns of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David, king over the house of Judah. When they told David, it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul. David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed by the Lord because you've shown this loyalty to Saul, your Lord, and buried him. Now, may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you, and I will do good to you because you have done this thing. Now, therefore, let your hands be strong and be valiant, for Saul your Lord is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. But Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim, and made him king over Gilead, and the Asherites, and Jezreel, and Ephraim, and Benjamin, and all Israel. Ishbosheth was Saul's son. He was forty years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. But the house of Judah followed David. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Mahanaim to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of Zariah, and the servants of David went out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down the one on the one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. And Abner said to Joab, Let the young men arise and compete before us. And Joab said, Let them arise. Then they arose and passed over by number, twelve for Benjamin and Ishbosheth the son of Saul, and twelve of the servants of David. And each caught his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into his opponent's side, so they fell down together. Therefore that place was called Helkath Hazurim, which is a Gibeon. And the battle was very fierce that day. And Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. And the three sons of Zariah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Ashael. Now Ashael was as swift on foot as a wild gazelle, and Ashael pursued Abner. And as he went, he turned neither to the right hand nor to the left, following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Is it you, Ashael? And he answered, It is I. Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left, and seize one of the young men and take his spoil. But Ashael would not turn aside from following him, and Abner again said to Ashael, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? Then how could I lift my face to your brother Joab? But he refused to turn aside. Therefore Abner struck him in the stomach and the butt of his spear, so that the spear came out at his back. And he fell there and died where he was. And all who came to the place where Ashael had fallen and died stood still. But Joab and Abishai pursued Abner. And as the sun was going down, they came to the hill of Amma, which lies before Gia, on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. And the people of Benjamin gathered themselves together behind Abner and became one group, and took their stand over the top of the hill. Then Abner called to Joab, 
Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that the end will be bitter? How long will it be before you tell your people to turn from the pursuit of their brothers? Joab said, As God lives, if you had not spoken, surely the men would not have given up the pursuit of my brothers until morning. So Joab blew the trumpet, and all the men stopped and pursued Israel no more, nor did they fight any more. And Abner and his men went all night, all that night through the Arabah. They crossed the Jordan and marched the whole morning. They came to Mahanaim. Joab returned from per the pursuit of Abner, and when he had gathered the people together, they were missing from David's servants nineteen men besides Ashael. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin three hundred and sixty of Abner's men. And they took up Ashael and buried him in the tomb of his father, which was at Bethlehem. And Joab and his men marched all night, and the day broke on them at Hebron. There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And David grew stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. And sons were born to David at Hebron. His first was Ammon of Ahinoam of Jezreel, and his second, Chiliab of Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel, and the third, Absalom, the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur, and the fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, and the fifth, Shephathiah, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ithrim of Eglah, David's wife. These were born to David in Hebron. While there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner was making himself strong in the house of Saul. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aya. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? Then Abner was very angry over the words of Ishbosheth and said, Am I a dog's head of Judah? To this day I keep showing steadfast love to the house of Saul your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not given you into the hand of David. Yet you charge me today with a fault concerning a woman? God do so to Abner and more if I do not accomplish for David what the Lord has sworn to him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan to Beersheba. And Ishbosheth could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. And Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, To whom does the land belong? Make your covenant with me, and behold, my hand shall be with you to bring over all Israel to you. And he said, Good, I'll make a covenant with you. But one thing I require of you is this. You shall not see my face unless you first bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come to see my face. Then David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife, Michael, for whom I paid the bridal price a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent back and took her from the husband of Paltiel, the son of Laish. But her husband went with her, weeping after her all the way to Baharim. And Abner said to her, Go return. And he returned. And Abner conferred with the elders of Israel, saying, For some time past you have been seeking David as king over you. Now then, bring it about. For the Lord has promised David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spoke to Benjamin. And then Abner went to tell David at Hebron all that, it, all that Israel and the whole house of Benjamin thought good to do. When Abner came with twenty men to David at Hebron, David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. And Abner said to David, I'll arise and go, and will gather all Israel to my lord the king, and that they may make a covenant with you, and that they may reign over all your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Just then the servants of David arrived with Joab from a raid, bringing much spoil with them. 
But Abner was not with David at Hebron, for he had sent him away, and had gone and had peace. When Joab and the army that was with him came, it was told Joab, Abner the son of Ner came to the king, and he has let him go, and he has gone in peace. Then Joab went into the king and said, What have you done? Behold, Abner came to you. Why is it that you have sent him away, so that he is gone? You know that Abner the son of Ner came to deceive you, and to know what you're doing. You're coming in and know all that you are doing. When Joab came out from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the cistern of Sirah. But David did not know about it. And when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside into the midst of the gate to speak with him privately, and there he struck him in the stomach so that he died, for the blood of Ashael his brother. Afterward, when David heard of it, he said, I in my kingdom are forever guiltless before the Lord for the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. May it fall upon the head of Joab and upon all his father's house. May the power of Joab never be without one who has discharge or who is leprous or who is a spindle or who falls by the sword or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai and his brother killed Abner because he had put their brother Ashael to death at the battle of Gibeon. So David said to Joab and all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes and put sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David followed the bier. They buried Abner at Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner, and all the people wept. And, all the, and the king lamented for Abner, saying, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. As one falls before the wicked, you have fallen. And all the people wept again over him. Then all the people came to persuade David to eat bread while it was yet day. But David swore, saying, God do so more, God do so to me and more also if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. And all the people took notice of it, and it pleased them as everything that the king did pleased all the people. So all the people in all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's will to put to death Abner the son of Ner. And the king said to the servants, Do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? And I was gentle today, though anointed king. These men, the sons of Zariah, are more severe than I. The Lord repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. When Ishbosheth, Saul's son, heard that Abner had died at Hebron, his courage failed, and all Israel was dismayed. Now Saul's son had two men who were captains of raiding bands. The name of the one was Baana, and the name of the other Rechab, sons of Ramon, a man of Benjamin from Beeroth. For Beeroth is also counted as part of Benjamin. The Beerothites fled to Githam, and have sojourned there to this day. Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And, and as she fled in all her haste, he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. Now the sons of Ramon, the Berethite, Rechab and Baana, set out, and about the heat of the day they came to the house of Ishbosheth, and he was taking his noonday rest. And they came into the midst of the house as if to get wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and Baana, his brother, escaped. When they came into the house, as he lay on his bed in his bedroom, they struck him and put him to death and beheaded him. They took his head and went by the way of the Arabah at all night and brought the head of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron. They said to the king, Here's the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. The Lord has avenged my lord, the king, this day on Saul and on his offspring. 
But David answered Rechab and Baana, his brother, the sons of Ramon, the Berethite. As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life out of every adversity, when one told me, Behold, Saul is dead, and thought that he was bringing good news, I seized him and killed him at Ziklag, which was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more, when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house, on his bed, shall I not now require his blood at your hand, and destroy you from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they killed them, and cut off their hands and feet, and hanged them beside the pool at Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in the tomb of Abner at Hebron. of King David again and his emotional state. It's it's really interesting and it takes a little bit of time to process through, but when he finds out that Saul has been killed, his instinct is to mourn. And when he hears that this man, this Amalekite, actually helped in aiding the death of Saul, even though it was at Saul's request, he, he, he gives him his reward, which is death. If again in the in the Ten Commandments and in the Law of Moses, you shall not murder, and war is not murder, but murder is murder, and that's what this man has participated in. And David meets him, and and essentially you have forfeited your life for the murder of not just a man, but the Lord's anointed. And it's interesting because we see Saul as a villain, and in many many ways he is a villain. In many many ways he is us. But in many ways, he is a villain. And it's interesting, though, because David, the man who benefits the most from the death of Saul, mourns over the loss of Saul. And, well, Jonathan isn't a surprise because he and Jonathan had been best friends. But, but he mourns over the death of Saul. And he encourages others to mourn because he understood. He understands God's providence. And he understands God's sovereign hand in all things. And he understands that that this is, this is the Lord's doing, but simultaneously, this is a tragedy. This is, this is something to mourn over. He was the Lord's anointed. He was, to, he was to be king over Israel, and he forfeited it, and he is dead now. And it is, it is a, a tragedy. And as we go and, and continue on, uh, we, we learn about this guy, Abner, who had been with Saul and uh, a commander of Saul's army. And, and so Abner, now that Saul's out of the way, so you would think, all right, so now David has the opportunity to just unite all Israel. Well, no, because Abner then anoints one of Saul's sons, a man named Ishbosheth, and he makes him king over a large part of Israel while Judah followed David. And so you have, again, it's not as easy as, well, now Saul's dead, so David's the king. But as David rises, Saul's house diminishes. David is increasing. Saul is decreasing. And eventually Abner turns his back even on Ishbosheth, and he joins David. And he seeks to unite, he seeks to unite Israel together. But, but somebody takes vengeance then on Abner for the death of his son, though the story makes it seem as though Abner tried his best to avoid killing this man who was seeking vengeance on him, and but 
his brothers take vengeance on Abner, and now Abner is dead. And David, again, mourns over the death of Abner and puts those who were responsible for his murder to death. And then Ishbosheth is finally murdered by a few men. And not just murdered, but murdered while he was in bed. And these men come to David again and tell him... They don't just tell him, sorry. They bring him the head of Ishbosheth. And David responds the same way that he would have responded that he has responded so far. You've murdered somebody. I don't care whether he was uh, murderable. You you took justice into your own hands and you just murdered him. David understands. He's a man of war. He has killed his tens of thousands. But he is he understands the the how precious life is. And he's a man who is wholly averse, adverse to murder. And he puts those men who were responsible for Ishbosheth, he puts them to death. Now we are also introduced to a man named Mephibosheth, who is going to come up later. And also this theme of murder is going to continue throughout the book of 2 Samuel. That's a cryptic thing to say. But you remember, we have come so, so far from the Lord bringing Israel out of Egypt into the promised land in order to be this kingdom of priests, this holy nation, to invite other nations in to see what it's like to rule under the reign of God. And as soon as we get out of the book of Joshua into Judges, this whole thing is spiraling so badly out of control. We need somebody. We need a seed of the woman to come and to restore, to save us. We need a righteous one who will reign in the place of God, reign with the same heart as God. When I say in the place of, I don't mean instead of, but I mean reign as his representative. That's what we're looking for. That's what we need. And David seems to be that one so far. And so we'll continue on with this story tomorrow. But until then, what does this section of scripture tell you about who God is? What does this section of scripture tell us about who we are, tell you about who you are? What does the Lord want you to know about yourself? And then what is it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while you were, while we were reading? And uh, take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless.